Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. morning, Misha. Hi, Chandra. How are you today? I'm doing great. I uh, took the subway today and I missed my stop twice because I was playing this Starbucks game. Have you seen this new like Starbucks summer game? (laughs) I love that. It's it's like an app. Yeah, it's so much fun. You can like, I don't know, win prizes, but I got totally sucked into the game portion where you like have to connect color dots and then they disappear. And it's, it's very challenging. And I have the brain of a six year old. It sounds fun. So you just like to rode the train and played your game. That's, and then that's what I did. Home. Yeah. And I then I got it. off and I was like, Oh, um, well, now the train's delayed going back. <laughs> so I had a little bonus, little bonus time with myself, which was good. How about you? How's your day? Great. Um, mm, it's great. <laughs> it's good. I'm doing research for my next project and it's really fun. It's fun to just to do research on the internet about stuff. You know, I don't know if like people with other jobs get the opportunity to just like read about, you know, father figures or kings and tyrants and um, but I am doing that now and it's really fun. It's the best part of writing a book, I think. It's just like the knowledge. <laughs> I wish that I could go to school forever. Truly. I know. Just for fun, without paying for it. I want it to be free. That's another part. But it is some places. This was another question that I had for us that wasn't sent to us, but it's in The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one of her exercises is if you didn't have the job you have now, what were the five other careers that you wanted and how could you incorporate aspects of learning about them or doing them into your life? That's a great question. I also love that book. Um, are we answering it now? Or are we saving? This I time? think we should. Yeah, we can totally do it. Let's do it. I have to yeah, think about I, it. I think people should do it too, because I think part of, especially a creative job, not especially creative job, potentially every job. This is the only kind of job I've had though. (laughs) So (laughs) you can get so, especially as a Capricorn perhaps, or certain A-types or whatever, you can get so, you over-identify with your career Mm -hmm. or your work. And then it starts to become your identity as opposed to like all these other parts of the world and your life that have just as much meaning or could. And so I think that's one reason why it's important if someone's job is a teacher or a firefighter or or a salesperson or whatever, we've kind of forget there's so much else out there that we can be interested in and doing and care about and give our life meaning. Okay. So give me your five. Oh <laughs> like, okay, yeah, okay. Um I think every kid in the 80s and 90s wanted to be a marine biologist. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> I went to a marine biology college, incidentally, but had zero interest in being a marine biologist. But I do, I respect it. 
Oh, because it was in Florida where you got your gator certification. I got my gator certification with a minor in manatee. <laughs> you know what I did for like an hour yesterday, which is why I think I would be a good marine biologist. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was an hour. I scrolled through pictures of alligators on my phone. Just scrolled, read articles about people finding alligators. In the- I don't know. I just am obsessed. You're my hero. <laughs> so I think animal study, like scientists, marine biologists, or wildlife uh, ranger, park ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, so my stepdad does. I um, think that I could do that. That would be maybe number one. Number two, I always said when I was a little girl, doctor or lawyer. Okay. I, I, was, yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah. What else would I do? I, what else? What else is there? What other jobs are there? I don't know very many jobs. <laughs> There's a lot of jobs out there. I mean, what do you, you could? I think a a gardener. <laughs> okay, a landscaper or a landscaper, a garden, but like garden design, Arch- like architectural gardening design. I would like that. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. This is hard. This is so random. I don't know. What about yours? Do you have good ones? I, I mean, no, I just, I, this is the first time I've ever really thought about this, but I think I, I just wrote some down that came up immediately. Okay. What were they? Um, number one would be, I would have a cooking show. Love it. I actually, when you said that, I think I would have liked to be an actor or actress. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're still saying actress anymore because I like paying attention. I'm such an extrovert. Yeah. Anyway, I'm the same way. When I was a kid, I would sit in the bathtub (laughs) and I would uh, take the shampoo bottles or whatever was next to me and I would pretend I was like a commercial and I would advertise them to no one. I went for it. My mom would always be like, what are you doing in there? I was like, I'm doing my show. It was like HSN in the shower. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You, You could get a job there. It feels like a podcast, except you're doing something with your hands. I would love to watch that. We should do one together. We should. A spinoff. Like our Edgar Allan Poe and then live cooking episodes yes. where I just mostly drink wine and watch you. <laughs> okay. What else? What else did you write? That would be, okay. So that would be number one. I think then there would be, I would like to own a tchotchke shop of just pretty stuff because I love curating like beautiful candles and little jewelry and I don't know, maybe like a few selected clothing items that were just beautiful and it would just all be pretty feminine, gorgeous stuff. Some books, perfume, I don't know, something like that I would love. Um, maybe some plants. You're, you could come in and do the uh, the garden portion. A bookstore owner is one of my dreams. It's my real life dream, not like an alternate reality dream. Yeah, I'm with you there. I love all those things. And then uh, another one would be a prosecutor. <laughs> I also want this to be real. Because I'm a detective. And um, I feel like there's a little bit of theatrics. You know, there's definitely theatrics yeah. in that in a court case that's on television. I don't know. That feels right for you. I would love the research portion of it. And I think I would really like, I I would feel very proud putting people down if they deserved it. Absolutely. Um, but then I would also be devastated when I lost. So maybe I'm lucky that that's not my job. And then um, an organizational psychologist, I think would be really interesting for maybe like Apple or like a big, strange corporation. 
um, just to kind of figure out the inner workings of teamwork and humanity in that scale. And then the last thing, which is kind of a new thing, is a mortician. Wow. Very interesting. (laughs) I love that. I read a book called Undertaking about someone who was an undertaker and became a poet or was always a poet. And then I have it on my list because of you. Oh, yeah. I don't want to do that job at all, but I think it's really fascinating. What makes you, what do you feel drawn to it? So I think being able to help families like grieve in those moments, I think it's a job that nobody really wants necessarily, but that is so important and so necessary. And it's an opportunity to sort of be like a pillar of a community and a place that people in the darkest moments can come and feel safe and loved and cared for and, um, you know, shoulder some of that burden. And I also, uh, I have like a weird, like morbidity to me and, uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like it would be really an interesting process to kind of like go through the steps and, and make something presentable out of, I don't know, something that's traditionally like scary for people. Yeah. That's so important. That role. I, I thought about like the role that pastors and priests do and I'm wouldn't fit that bill cause I'm not religious. And then if you're not in a religion, then you just become like a weird cult guru. And so I feel like there's no avenue for me because I don't want to be. Is your number three cult leader? (laughs) Yes. Well, I thought we were going to do that together, but I think maybe philosopher. I was rereading Nietzsche last night and this morning, and he kind of plays that role. He's not, he obviously wasn't like a guru, but he's, his philosophy is very spiritual and offers lots of guidance. And I, I really appreciate that mysticism in writers. Mm-hmm. And so if, but, but there's no avenue. I mean, not writing is obviously a good avenue for that, but yeah, if you're not in a religion, then you're stuck. Could you be a monk? I could be a weekend warrior because they like wine and yeah, romance <laughs> materialism too much. I mean, you could combine a couple of these together. So definitely the mortuary could have the boutique. That's true. (laughs) Flowers, candles, give some beautiful stuff to make people feel better. Crystals. Um, I feel like in that moment, it's like in New Orleans. Oh, that's the vision. Or in like in Greenwood, in the cemetery, that giant cemetery off the uh interstate in new york city i love that i could also have a um a criminal themed gift shop (laughs) oh my god i just got it it's called prosecute (laughs) (laughs) yes that's (laughs) um because then i'm just saying you you could do like the boa um handcuffs so it could really incorporate everything Oof, these are good for the lawyer in your life. It's a little bit like uh, Legally Blonde. Yeah, I don't know, though, how the death fits into that. Death is natural. I think I agree with you. We we could make it much more natural. Yeah, it would be like a not traditional stuffy space. You know, I I was thinking about it the other day about funerals. And <laughs> I'm going to say this and you're going to be like, well, yeah, no shit. But I was like, you know, I'm just done with funerals. <laughs> But I mean that 
in such a way that I'm done with the impersonal pomp and circumstance of it all that feels like if you've been to one you've been to all of them um and and I don't think that there's something like memorable about that I feel like there's a lot of room for growth and uh like real connection in that industry that we're just we're doing something wrong um you know my friend who passed away years ago he had a very untraditional service and then he was Lebanese and we all sat around afterward and like smoked the hookah people were belly dancing and it was just it felt more like him than anything could have it was like you felt so at home with like his family and his friends and everybody doing the things that he loved and were culturally part of his life um and I don't know I think there's something to be said about like really celebrating a human being and and what their journey was and like really being able to be candid and talk about that person and you know not everybody has to wear a suit and like grieve in that way does that make sense Absolutely. I don't like how the funeral is supposed to be called closure either, because mm-hmm. that's really don't that that's not closed. It's like kind of no. you have to think of ways to keep the memory alive and the feelings that they offered you. Right. Or the yeah. lessons that you learned. And instead, it's always supposed to be this final thing. I, I hate that. Yeah, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel right, especially when it's like a week after somebody's gone to be like, OK, well, here we go. This is the end. The last little burst of memory for you that's just not how it works and then and then you feel guilty grieving longer because you know you realize it's so not linear and it's all over the place like grief is chaos and there's no plan for it I think it would be nice to have just an unhinged yes (laughs) you know where people feel okay to be whatever they are in that moment absolutely I made it very clear to my siblings I want I don't want um to be like cleaned out you know then de-sanguinated embalmed yeah I would like to be put directly into the forest with a tree planted above me and then like yeah like you said like drink my favorite wine barefoot in the forest you know totally I think we should have other options then yeah. I mean I'm, I haven't been in a church you know since my grandma's funeral and before that I don't know how long so it would be weird it would be so weird. It would be so yeah. disingenuine. You know, if that's somebody's deal, if that somebody's mm-hmm. really religious and, you know, they're going to church every week, great. That honors who they are. Yeah, that should be their option. But also make it about them. Oh. Sometimes it's, you know, God, 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 which is great, I suppose, if you're into that. But <laughs> he gets every other day. Can we just make this she. one day? She. They. <laughs> Can we just make this day about the person who's no longer here? Yeah, the... I, again, whatever people want, and and obviously that will bring comfort to a certain people who that brings comfort to, but not everyone. And so it's always strange when you go to a funeral and it's like a scary sermon. Yeah. Like a scary it's, one. It's hellfire. Especially, I've been to a few of those. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. What's this? Especially if the person has been a bad Christian. <laughs> or like didn't. Yeah. We're, yeah. It's. They're like, well, we yeah. didn't really know Jim because he stopped coming here <laughs> seven years ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. These are all things. So in a similar vein, maybe we've talked about this before, but I have a friend who told me years ago, open like an Excel spreadsheet and you put a bunch of things in the top that you're interested in and a bunch of things on the side. And then you just start make, connecting dots and seeing like what intersects. And those are like different career opportunities. It's just a fun thing to do anyway. Wait, so you put, what do you mean where they intersect? So you just, so you open like an spreadsheet, a spreadsheet, right? And you just make a table 
And then, you know, you write your interests at the top and then you write a second set of interests on the side and start to connect them and see like what you can make out of it just for fun. Yeah. I love that. Or skills. Like you put your interests and your skills, like it can be whatever you want it to be, but just kind of like thinking untraditionally about ways to, I don't want to say make money, but like ways to make a living, but also be happy. I mean, I guess you could do the same for hobbies. Yeah. And if you have a job that you are going to stay at, then try to do it with hobbies, right? Or interests, double interest. But if you're looking for a job, then it could be skills and interests maybe. But yeah, I think we need more. I don't think I'm alone. I know I'm not alone in saying this. I know that I follow a lot of like online therapy stuff and there's a lot of ideas that we're in a crisis of purpose and a crisis of meaning, especially since church attendance has waned and divorce is on the, you know, it's like 50 and hovering above more and more and it's rising, which is fine. I think all of that's fine, but it's like, what is giving your life purpose? What is giving your life meaning? I think people believe it's supposed to be inherent and don't always understand you actually have to make it for yourself. And so it's, it's really good to find those things that you love and that are, you're interested in, and then say, this could give my life purpose. It could be raising butterflies, right? Or, yeah. or seeing the world or learning a new language, whatever you love. That's such a great point. It changes. And recognizing that like, what's your purpose was, you may move past in the same way that you might outgrow friendships or whatever. It just changes. And some days you don't have one. But yeah, <laughs> and then find something, something in, like uh, pictures of alligators. That yes. can be, <laughs> yeah, yes. intentional. Intention, yeah. Well, it's like we talked about with um, Danielle and Barbara Ann. Like the kids moving out is such a big one because it changes your the day to day purpose and meaning of your life in such a drastic way. And so I think that's why it's always good to have that spreadsheet. <laughs> I would never make a spreadsheet. I don't even know how to use that. You know, I wonder if kids leaving the house feels similar in some ways to like divorce where you've invested all of this time and energy in somebody who now is not really like a daily part of your life. I mean, in a less traumatic way, a a more expected way, but certainly the things that you care about, the things that are important to you are different because they're important to your child. And so once they're out living their lives, you have to kind of figure out what you are where do you fall in all of this and then how autonomous will they be will they not want to call you know will they go really far away you just don't even know you you can't know until they decide it could be I moved from Minnesota to Texas and I was not a you know what we had like the old-fashioned cell phones I'd barely talked to my parents for a long time after that because it was fun it was like an adult but now when I think about my kids doing that devastating imagine you know I'll ask Atlas sometimes I'm like do you think when you move out do you think you'll go to college close by or do you think you're gonna go and he's like I'm gonna have my own place (laughs) but will it be next door remember when Keaton you've heard Keaton's plan oh Keaton has a plan (laughs) to move to Iowa (laughs) I think about Keaton's plan like twice a week because it was so mind-blowing to me that he had he had clearly like thought this through the organizational process <laughs> that it takes to curate a plan such as Keaton's I couldn't I was like wow you've really <laughs> thought about every aspect it's remarkable it gave me faith in kids I guess I mean it gives me faith in kids but I don't know it's a, to me an interesting plan we'll see what where it leads but he wants to move to Iowa and live in an apartment and work yeah. from home and I, I don't know I just think wow what a I mean it's a 
very um, reasonable. Solid. I go to the Midwest a lot. I'll just pop up there, <laughs> stop in Des Moines. It's so funny. It's like, you know, we're talking about being kids and being, you know, what do you, what did you want to be when you were a kid? And I'm like, I'm going to be a ballerina who's also a doctor or whatever. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if I was ever even a quarter as grounded as Keaton is in that way. Like, I think I always felt like I'm going to do something completely not normal that is not going to work out. And I can't connect the dots of how to actually get there, but I know it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought I was going to marry a professional baseball player because I was I was super into the Minnesota Twins, still am, to be honest, and would watch baseball games religiously. So I was dead set, going to find myself a baseball player and be and travel the world Close. and be probably a doctor or, or a lawyer because I knew they were, I didn't know, like, I, I knew yes. like five jobs. Yeah. But now, you know, like you could be a sports medicine doctor and you could work for your husband's team. Oh, that's a good idea. There are ways. Yeah. I am happy with where I ended up. And I thought I could be a professor. I, that was always something I thought. And I and I knew that I loved reading and writing since I was very little. But I didn't know what jobs besides professor and writer. But to me, that seemed, that seemed, I don't, even though I thought I could be a marine biologist in the depths of the ocean going down in the submarine. I don't know why I didn't think I wanted it, but I think it was too real sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's too real. Anything that's too real. I try to, you know, steer clear of. (laughs) We studied hard for our trip to Italy and believe it's important to always be learning and expanding horizons. Along with Italian, we're currently studying Portuguese, Japanese, Norwegian, and more. That's why we're so excited to partner with Babbel.com, Languages for Life, to offer 55% off subscriptions. We love their app-based lessons, online classes, podcasts, games, and more. We'll hook you up with discounted memberships so that you can learn to order Vino Rosso in any language. Search bandwavespod.com slash Babbel to sign up today. And now back to the show. Okay, so we have a question. Oh, I think it's really good. I'm really excited. How do you, you ready? I don't know. Okay. Tips for a single man getting back out there. Also, what's your favorite whiskey cocktail? Mine is a smoky Rob Roy. This is what he says. So he wants to know tips for getting back out there. And all about whiskey. Okay. Okay. This is really, well, right off the top, uh, my favorite whiskey cocktail. I don't really drink cocktails with whiskey very often. I love a mint julep. I'll just start with that. We'll leave with that. I usually drink just straight whiskey or bourbon or scotch is my go-to. So tips for getting back out there. I would say first and foremost, make sure that you are properly and appropriately mostly healed from whatever your last relationship was, because you don't want to go, you know, you don't want to go out into the sun with no sunscreen on. We don't need that. And it's not good for you. It's not good for any potential partner. So cry it out, work through it, delete that phone number, move on. Secondly, I would say the biggest thing, and it feels counterintuitive, get comfortable with going places either alone or with one friend, because packs of men doesn't feel welcoming, I think. And maybe people disagree with this, but I feel very intimidated by like the sort of group think and machismo of a lot of men 
together in environments where you're like trying to meet women. Um, so I would say like, take yourself to a dinner date or like go sit at a bar someplace with a friend, like keep it really loose and light, go read in the park, like be comfortable with being yourself and being alone, because I think that's a little less intimidating. But the third thing is take some classes, find things that you're really interested in, even things that you've never done before. That was my answer. I love it. Good. Yes. Yeah, we see we're on the same page because then it's double fold. You're growing, you're learning, you're spending time with yourself, and you maybe will meet potential partners who are also interested in similar things. Thoughts? Yes. Yes. Are you, is, yeah, anything else? You're really doing a great job here. Um. Oh, travel. Go take this time to like invest in yourself and the person that you are like go places, see things, do things, fill yourself up with new knowledge and experiences. I don't know. I think that when somebody really is feel like feels fulfilled and independent, that attracts other people. So if that's your thing, if that's something you're interested in, even if it's like the town over, take yourself on like a weekend trip and you don't need a partner to do those things, but your energy will feel much more open. Yes. I love that. I watch a lot of the dating shows. And so I, you can kind of see the people who are, are doing well, you know, versus the people who maybe flounder. And I think your first answer was exactly like heal from past relationships, forgive yourself, forgive, definitely forgive and forget the past of like whatever you've been through, which might take therapy or, um, you know, self-help books even or something like that, like kind of just getting in the right headspace to feel free yep, and unattached. And I love the idea of taking a class. That was one of my things, like make your little chart that we talked about and talk about all the things you love and all the things you've always wanted to do, whether it's like birding or cooking classes and learning a new language, getting the language app and playing with it, getting into whatever World War II <laughs> history or, you know, whatever your kind of interests are. Um, to make you just a more interesting person, because if you have your own interests and you're really passionate about them, then when you go on a date and you're asking someone, you're curious, you want to learn more about the world naturally, because you're already doing it. And so it, I feel like sometimes if people have like no interest or are closed off, then when you're just having a conversation, why would they care about what you're saying? Because they don't care really about anything. You know, they don't, yep. they're just not engaged in the world. And so that's another thing I think is like when it's time for getting out there it's like really being genuinely curious every single person that we meet has something to offer us could be a good friend if not a, you know a partner you know if if, it's, if you know that spark isn't there or whatever you know make friends through yeah. it all get to know people get to experience like what other people have gone through learn from them connect with them yeah you can fall in love every day for sure I think being honest about who you are like flaws and all um and just being being okay and comfortable enough with the person that you are, even if you don't necessarily think it's going to align with who this person that you're interested is. Um, but yeah, I feel like sometimes there's this pressure that men feel to kind of hide things about themselves that maybe they're um, embarrassed about or aren't that exciting. And don't do that. Just be who you are. Be comfortable with who you are. Be honest about it but also be open to change and new experiences. Yes. 
being different people doesn't matter. Like sometimes that's super attractive and that works. Um, don't discount anybody based on what you think will work based on like the cover. That's so important to, you know, I, <laughs> I'm talking about these dating shows, but there's the Indian matchmaking, which I love binge the third season, but Seema always says, you can't know on the first date. She, you know, she, she was like, you really got to talk and get to know someone and see beyond the surface, um, especially if they're shy or introverted. Yeah. But I also think there's something to getting yourself right where not necessarily right. There's no right or wrong and accepting yourself where you are, but also saying like, who do I want to be? How do I want to live? What do I want my house to look like? You know, you come, if you go to someone's house and again, it's like, you know, what are their interests? Are they a fascinating person? Are they interesting? Are they engaged with the world? Are they have their little plant babies or like art on the wall, guitars or miniature ships or whatever it is, (laughs) you know, to know that they're engaged with life to me that's probably the most like honesty is important and attraction is important and other stuff but to me it's probably like I'm really attracted to people who really are have this this life energy and are interested in the world yeah and sometimes in different ways works out the best because they're teaching you something and if you're a person who's curious like that's there's nothing more attractive than that if they are collecting garbage bags and duct tape and lie I would definitely say that might not be a good thing but any other thing scary world out there yeah be careful um I was also thinking about um one thing that I don't know that I ever thought about because we were so young you know when we met our partners but like to think about now while you're not in a relationship what can I do in the future to be a good partner, to be a good team player? Like, what am I bringing to the table? You know, what am I looking for my partner to bring to the table? And what can we both contribute that will make this like an equitable, fun, loving relationship? Because I don't know if that's something you really think about. And then suddenly you're growing up together and you're buying houses or whatever. Like you're you're arguing about, you know, electricity, who's going to pay for this? Who's going to do this? Who's going to clean up the laundry? So just not in a heavy way, not like we need to itemize our responsibilities. We just met. It's our first day. <laughs> but you know, this is the person that you potentially are going to love and want to spend your life with. So how can you be sure that you're ready to really be a partner to somebody? So that's very mature. I think there's a lot to that. Like we said, talking about your interests and your skills, you could also make a list of here's what I think I'm good at. I'm I'm a good cook. I like to feed people. I like to host. I like to nurture. Whatever your answers are. And then you could ask your friends, what do you think are my best qualities? So you get a sense. And and if you have a sibling or someone, a friend who's really honest, you could be like, what are my worst? Or when you watch me in a relationship, what did you, where did you see me falter? That kind of thing. And then I think we've talked about this before and I know there can be controversial and people can think some of them are silly, but there are like the personality tests, you know, where you can kind of be like, oh, you know, and sometimes you'll read them and be like, that's not real. Or I don't understand that. But other times you'll be like, oh, I've never, I totally identify and associate with that. And I've never seen it written out before. And so it's getting to know yourself, I guess. For sure. And look, the best way to do that is a look at your relationship with your friends, I think. And like, where do you fall in those things? Are you the one who's making plans? Are you the one who's always showing up with food for everyone? Are you, you know, you can kind of figure out who you are in a good partnership when you take sex out of the equation, because sometimes that can really skew who you actually are because you're willing to do anything. I mean, we are animals and that (laughs) is like such a driving force. So we will do, we'll be sitting, we'll be shaking, we'll jump through hoops, we'll jump through fire 
in the beginning of something <laughs> because that's just a motivator. But as you, you know, your relationship levels out and you actually become friends and partners, some of those things kind of fall by the wayside. So you gave this perception of who you are that maybe was unfair <laughs> and vice versa. So just think about that at the beginning before you even get involved in all the like crazy hormones. Like, where do I want to land? Yeah. What's your platonic status? Like what's your equilibrium in the platonic world to get a sense of what kind of friend or partner? Right. Yeah. Totally. I love that. And even if we're married, I think we can keep doing that. Yeah. What do I bring? What do I want to bring uh, to my life? Because it's again, it's like you make your relationships. <laughs> we forget. I think we forget all the time that we make everything. We've made our life, whether we believe we have or not. And so it's like we all, not only do we give our life meaning, but we can like make our relationships better. You know, there's like Deepak and all those people out there talking about it's a mirror. A lot of it's a mirror. It's going to reflect you in a lot of ways. Yeah. So get out there, get at it, get some activities, have fun. (laughs) Don't take it so seriously. This is a serious conversation, but also it should be fun. I think it's fun to think about, even if you're, again, if you're married, what would you do? What what would you tell your friends? How would you approach it? Because you can always reapproach your relationships. Yeah, and should. (laughs) What's your favorite whiskey cocktail? Oh, it's definitely a Boulevardier. Because I love, I love Negronis so much. What is a Boulevardier? Oh, it's a Negroni, but with whiskey instead of gin. So it's Campari and sweet vermouth and whiskey. Fancy. Yes. Try one. There's, if you like the bitter, they're so good. I'm going to try one right now. 1130. (laughs) It's a time. It's five o'clock in London. (laughs) I love it. Well, if anybody wants to weigh in with any more tips for our friend, drop us some comments, send a message. We don't know. We don't know. Misha and I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been out there in 15 years. It's been 20 for you. So we've, we don't know. We want to know. I just, all my insight comes from Indian matchmaking, uh. Jewish matchmaking, the blind date shows, married at first sight. This is all I have to go off of. And alligator <laughs> articles. I will, I could go on and on. I read like a dozen articles about alligator I attacks. can't. Next week's mini. <laughs> yeah. Hope everyone is having a good week. We'll be back next week. Take care. Adios. Adios.